Okay, if you have a Bible, I invite you to open up to Luke chapter 1, verse 35, the verse that was just read in the scripture reading. I thought I'll, I think I'll read it again. Luke chapter 1, verse 35, the Bible says, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. If you've noticed in your bulletin, I've uh, picked three words in that verse, that holy thing, as the title of my talk. It's, uh, it's intrigued me. So I thought, oh, that would be a good title for a sermon. That holy thing. So let's pray and ask for the Lord to bless. Dear Father in heaven, you are beyond wonderful. Thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for so many things that you do for us all the time. And we pray in the name of our Savior Jesus for your blessing as uh, we take a look at the Bible and look at one of the most well-known sections in the Bible about Jesus' birth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Okay, well, this is the time of year that people think a lot about the birth of Jesus. And so I thought, in harmony with the season, uh, I would zero in on Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 35, and just bring out some lessons, things that I've been pondering, thinking about, and it's just been, you know, the Bible is such a blessing to read God's Word and to think about the miracle, really, of Jesus' birth and, and who He really is, who He really is. Verse 26, so we'll just look at these verses and gather some lessons. Verse 26 says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee. <clears throat> what was the name of that city? Nazareth. Right, Nazareth. As I thought about just this one verse, I want to just make a few comments on this, that to me, one of the evidences of the truthfulness and of the power of the Bible that a lot of times we don't even think about, but it's right there in front of us, is the fact that the Bible uses the names of real places that are not fictitious places, they're not myths, they're not stories. You know, a lot of people think the Bible's just full of stories. But the reality is that the Bible is rooted in real places, real people, real history, real names. There are places that you can go to today. It mentions uh, Galilee in verse 26. Galilee is a real territory north of Jerusalem. It's not like an Alice in Wonderland place. It's real. And it also mentions the city of Nazareth. The city of Nazareth, you can go there today. I had the privilege uh, one time in 1983 of taking a tour in the land of uh, Israel, and I went to the city of Nazareth. And I walked around on those streets, and it's got a sign right there, this is the city of Nazareth. So these places are, are very real. And so, but not only does this verse mention Galilee and Nazareth, but it also mentions a name, which is Gabriel. 
And I'm convinced that Gabriel is just as real as Nazareth. He is a real angel. He's an angel of God. He, his name, Gabriel, is one of the few places in the Bible where we have a name coming from the invisible world. A name of somebody that lives in the invisible world. And that name is Gabriel. Now, I, there's a whole lot that we don't know about Gabriel. Uh, but one of the privileges, and actually, you know, to me, it's very exciting. One of the exciting things that we have to look forward to is meeting the angel Gabriel and meeting all the angels. We can have a, you know, we're going to have a social life that's not just going to include human beings like we have now. We're going to have a social life where we're going to get to know the angels of God. Uh, I, I wonder how old Gabriel is. Nobody knows. How long has he been in existence since God created him? We do not know. Uh, we really don't know what he looks like, do we? We read about him in the Bible, but we don't know. We don't know exactly how tall he is. We don't know how he spends a normal day. It'd be interesting to find out, wouldn't it? What does Gabriel do during the day? Does he go to sleep at night? I don't know. If he does go to sleep, does he sleep on a bed? You know, I don't know. Uh, does he, you know, what does he like to eat? Have you ever thought about that? Does he eat? I don't know. But again, one of the privileges that we have as Christians as we look forward to Jesus coming is the exciting opportunity to meet the angels of God. Verse 26 says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Verse 27 says that the angel Gabriel went to a virgin, espoused, or some Bibles say engaged, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Another evidence of the incredible power of the Bible, which many people have never thought of, is the fact that so many of the names that are mentioned in the Bible of people that do good things, good people, their names are actually names that parents today use they pick as names for their children. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever thought about that? We have in this verse names like Joseph. We have David. And we have Mary. How many Josephs, Marys, and Davids do you know? We're 2,000 years beyond when this happened. And yet there's a lot of Josephs, there's a lot of Marys, there's a lot of Davids. We have, uh, we at least I know of one Mary in this church. Uh, I saw her earlier, but I don't see her now. Mary Yawn is somewhere around here. Maybe she's helping with getting ready for lunch. Uh, Joseph. Do we have any Josephs in this church? <laughs> we do. We have Josephs. Uh, well, we all, most of us know Joseph Mayfield, Joseph Davis. His wife works for Whitehorse Media. 
And uh, he goes to the Edgemere Church. Let's see, what else do I have here? David. When I grew up, I had a good friend named David Selznick. Most of us know of Dave Mandigo, who is now sleeping in Jesus. Uh, we know Dave Westbrook. I have a pastor friend of mine, Dave Hartman. Gabriel. Do we have any Gabriels around here? Leif, your son, Gabe. I'm assuming that goes back to Gabriel. Okay. Uh, Gabriel Miller. Many of us know Gabriel Miller. How about the New Testament writers? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. How many Matthews do you know? Matthew Mayfield. How many Marks do you know? My wife's brother's name is Mark. Mark Demarest. Luke's. John's. One of my best friends when I was uh, in high school years ago was John. John Navera. So, you know, we don't think about this, but the Bible, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. We have real places. We have names to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Real places, real names that people name their children all around the world today. These are very, very popular names, aren't they? There's a lot of other names that I can mention. Now, my daughter, Abigail, Seth, that's in the Bible, Isaiah, Noah, and I could go on and on and on. To me, that is very significant, and it shows the power of the Word of God and the power of the influence of the Bible down through the ages that God takes or that people take names of good people and they use them to name their children. Uh, how many Jezebels do you know? You know any Jezebels? How about Belshazzars? You know any Belshazzars? How about Nimrod? You know any Nimrods? How many Lucifers? How many Judases? See? The names of, uh, of people and, and Lucifer, you know, angels, that are not good, that haven't lived good lives, people don't use their names for their children. But they do, they do use the names of good people, even 2,000 years later. So what we're reading here, you know, this, this uh, is not, not a story it's an account of something that really happened. And the power continues to today. Verse 28 says that the angel came to her, which was to Mary, and he said to her. So here's an angel now coming down from God, coming into a room in a city of uh, Nazareth in the territory of Galilee, north of Jerusalem. And the angel came into her, and he said to her, Hail, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, we don't know for sure, but I, I'm guessing that when the angel Gabriel walked into the room and began to talk to Mary, that there was a, there was a light that shone in that, in that room. Now, sometimes angels just dress like, like uh, they dress in the, in the garb of humanity. They're just like normal people and 
People can look at them and they don't even know they're angels. That happens a lot, but sometimes angels appear uh, clothed in white. Like when Jesus went to heaven, it says there were two men that were standing there in white clothing. And when the angel came down and, and rolled away the stone and sat on it, the Bible says that his face was like lightning. And those who looked at him, it said they were, they were just terrified and they fell down, the Roman soldiers, outside of where Jesus was buried. So I'm assuming that in this situation, the angels, uh, he, you know, some of the light shone in that, in that room. Now maybe the angel, you know, a lot of times in our homes, we have dimmer switches on our walls. So you can kind of dim the lights. And probably the angel turned on the dimmer switch. And so he wasn't quite so bright. Because I think if he would have been really bright, I don't know if Mary could have endured that. So maybe he was a little dimmer than normal. But he came into there and he, and, uh, he had a conversation with her. Now, how would you like to have a conversation with an angel? How would you like to talk to an angel and have an angel talk back? You know, we all have guardian angels. And one of these days, we're going to talk to our angels. This is, this is real. This is not just a... Uh, just a story. So the angel came in and he, he affirmed her and he said, blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, verse 29 says, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of greeting this should be. So here Mary, she's, uh, she's troubled. And there's a lot of things that trouble us today. Do you have troubles in your heart? Are there things that bother you, that concern you, that, you know, you kind of you worry about? Anybody here? I think probably all of us. You know, we all have things that bother us and concern us. And, and the very next verse is, is just a wonderful verse. The next verse says that the angel said to her, and what's the next thing he said? He said, fear not. Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And to me, this is just, this is marvelous to think about the fact that, that in the invisible world, there are holy beings, angels like Gabriel, and these angels are very, very nice. They're very kind. They're very compassionate. The angel recognized that Mary was troubled. And he said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. Don't be scared. And isn't that a wonderful thought? That, that we're, we're being guarded all the time by invisible beings that we can't see, but who are very real, who have names, just like we do, who we're going to meet someday. And those angels, you know, if, if uh, God gave them permission to talk to us now, we would hear compassionate words. They're kind. They're nice. They're merciful. 
Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, the highest angel in heaven said to this young lady. To me, that's powerful to think about that. Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and you will bring forth a son. And you shall call his name, and what's that name? Jesus. Now, in my Bible, the, the name Jesus is in all capital letters. How many of your Bibles have the name Jesus in all capital letters? Okay. Did you know, do you know the name of the most famous human being who's ever lived? Take a guess. It's Jesus. That's right. More books have been written about Jesus than any other human being. The largest religion in the world is Christianity. That's significant. And it's not a story. I'm, I'm not making this up. This is real today. It's the largest religion in the world. And Jesus has more followers than any other religious leader who has ever lived. Jesus is a very, very powerful name. Very powerful name. Now, here's, a, here's another thought. Where did this name come from? The name Jesus. You know, if you think about Mary, Abraham, David, Joseph, Noah, Daniel, I, you know, on and on and on, all these names that we know of, Ab Abigail, Seth, I can go on and on, uh, all these names, and, and if your name's not in the Bible, don't feel bad. <laughs> There's only so many that got in the Bible. But anyway, um, all the names that I've mentioned outside of Jesus, those names came about because parents, human parents, fathers and mothers, decided to name their children by those names. Right? With Jesus, the name Jesus, it's different. With the most popular, most well-known name in all of human history, that name did not come from his mother and his father. Where did that name come from? At least his earthly father. That name was given to him by the angel Gabriel. That's where it came from. The angel said, behold, you will conceive in your womb and you will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And that's what they did. When the baby was born, somebody wanted to know what's his name. Joseph and Mary said, his name is Jesus. Oh, really? That's an unusual name. Uh, where, where, why are you naming him that? Did you get that name in a book? A book of, of baby names? <laughs> is that where you picked that name? They would have said no. We didn't get that name from a book. Well, why did you name him Jesus? And then Mary would look at whoever asked, you know, with, with wide eyes and, and a glow on her face. And she, she would tell the story. Well, I was in my, in my room, in my house, 
in Nazareth. And you'll never believe what happened. All of a sudden, my room lit up. And I turned around and I saw a very tall being who was very noble looking. And that tall being told me that I was going to have a baby and that we should call our baby's name Jesus. wonder how many times she told that story. I don't know. We'll have to ask her when we get to heaven. What does the Bible say about Jesus? Verse 32, Gabriel continued, and Gabriel said, He shall be, he shall be what? He shall be great. Now, how great is Jesus? He's greater than any of us have any idea. We cannot comprehend his greatness. He shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give to him the throne of his father, David. So this baby, when this baby grows up, he is going to sit on a throne. He's a king. He's more than a king. Verse 33 says, He shall reign over the house of Jacob for how long? Forever. And his kingdom there shall be no end. Do all your Bibles say that? His kingdom there shall be no end. He's a ruler that uh, doesn't have to be reelected after four years. Currently in America, President Trump is our president. He was elected a couple years ago, and some people are happy for that, and some people aren't. I'm not going to get into that, whether you, you know, what my views are. That's not part of my talk. Anyway, just about everybody has an opinion on President Trump. Before him was President Obama, and, the, and you know, you can just go back through American history, every Government, countries around the world, they have presidents, kings, monarchs, rulers, etc., etc. But they all come and go, don't they? Whether Trump will be reelected in two more years and whether he'll have another, you know, four years or not, I, I don't know. Anybody's guess. I'm not a prophet. But we're talking here in this verse about a person who will not be reelected. We're talking about someone that is going to have a, a rule and someone who is a king and someone who's going to sit on a throne and his kingdom, how long is it going to go on for? Yeah, it says there's going to be no end to it. No end. Think about that. It's hard for us to imagine something that, that never ends. It's never going to end. In other words, when Jesus, when the world finally discovers who was born in Bethlehem and who Jesus really is, their eyes are going to be open like, like they can't even imagine. And those of us who choose Jesus and who choose to be on his side in this conflict between good and evil, between the 
the Jezebels and the Marys, between the Nimrods and the Davids, you know, between those who follow God and those who don't in this world, if we choose to be on God's side, if we realize the power of the Bible and the evidence of the influence and the power of this book, after 2,000 years, it can't be stopped, then we have the opportunity, we have the privilege, we have the honor, we have the exciting uh, future <laughs> ahead of us where we can meet Gabriel and we can be with Jesus and we can be subjects of his kingdom that will never, ever, ever end. I tell you, to me, that is a very powerful and exciting thought. I realize my mortality. I mentioned this before, not long ago, I saw my mom die and I saw my dad die. And when I watched both of them die during a two-year period, I was impressed with my mortality. Sometime in the future, I'm going to die. I gave a, a talk that's on our website not long ago called The Dash on Your Tombstone. That You know, when it's all said and done, when I die and when you die, there's going to be a birth date, there's going to be a death date, and there's a dash between your birth date and your death date on your tombstone, and your life is a dash on a stone when it's all over. And whether your life continues on forever and has no end, that is entirely dependent upon what you choose to do during your dash with Jesus. What you do with Jesus, whether you choose to believe in him and to give him your life or not. Verse 34, Then Mary said to the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Mary, uh, she had the wits about her in the presence of an angel to carry on a conversation, which is pretty remarkable. And then, she, you know, the angel said, Mary, you're going to have a baby. And your baby's name is going to be Jesus. And he's going to sit on a throne. And he's going to have a kingdom that never ends. And Mary thought about that. You know, her mind was whirling. And she thought, now, wait a minute. Let me put two and two together. I'm just, I don't know how old she was. Was she some wonder 14, 15, 16, 17, 18? We don't know exactly how old she was. But she knew enough about life to know that she was, uh, she was engaged at that point to a man named Joseph, but she was not married. And, uh, you know, I'll spare the children all the technical details, but the reality is that uh, babies are not born unless a man and a woman come together. That's just the way it is. That's the way it is for everybody, except for Adam and Eve. Adam was created from the dust. Eve was pulled out of, uh, of Adam's rib. But ever since then, every single baby who's ever been born in this world that comes out of a woman, there's a man who does his part. Isn't that right? But not in this situation. 
not in this situation. This is different. And Mary's thinking about this, and she's thinking, uh, excuse me, Mr. Gabriel, <laughs> but how, how can I have a baby when I'm not married? It doesn't work that way. It's impossible. Verse 35 is Gabriel's answer to Mary, to her question. And notice what Gabriel says. The angel answered, and he said to her, he said, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing that's what the King James says, holy thing. Some Bibles say holy one. The holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called, what? The Son of God. That's right. Now here the angel Gabriel introduces another player, an invisible player that you cannot see with the naked eye. We cannot see the angels and we cannot see the Holy Spirit. But is the Holy Spirit real? Is the wind real? Can you see the wind? Anybody ever seen the wind? But you can see the effects of the wind. I do a lot of flying. I travel quite a bit, and a lot of times when I'm up on airplanes, I tell you, that plane can feel the wind. They, you know, they, and the pilot will say, sorry about that, we're going to try to find a, a space an airspace where there's not so much turbulence, they call it. It's the wind. It's the power of the wind that shakes that plane. And we see the power of the wind all around us, but we can't see it. But it's real. It's the same way with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is very, very real. Uh, some time ago I gave a, a talk about praying for the Holy Spirit, how important it is that we do that. I did this in SoCal, California, and uh, right after I gave that talk, just a couple days later, my family, we were at a restaurant having uh, lunch, and this couple came in that we knew from years ago, and uh, the man said, he said, I, I heard your talk, I watched it online, I heard your talk about the Holy Spirit and the importance of praying for the Holy Spirit, and he said, I started doing that. I started praying, dear God, give me the Holy Spirit in my life. And he said to us as we were sitting at the table, he said, I can already feel a change. And then this was the real test, the acid test. His wife looked over at him and she looked at us and she said, and I can see a difference in my husband. Now that means something, doesn't it, ladies? It does. I tell you, there's power in the Holy Spirit. There are real names in the Bible, real people in the Bible, real places in the Bible. Nazareth, Jerusalem, David, Joseph, Mary, Gabriel. And there's an invisible force that is real in this world as well. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit that gets us ready for the kingdom. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. The power of God. He, the angel said, Mary, let me explain this to you. I'll explain to you as best I can how it is that you 
are going to be able to have a baby when you're not married. It's through the invisible power of the Holy Spirit. He's going to come inside of you. He's going to come inside your body. And as a result of that, Him coming inside of you, there will be a holy thing that will be born inside of you. Ladies, can you imagine? Inside of you is a holy thing. Now, some Bibles say holy one. I looked up that, uh, I looked up, did a little bit of homework on this, holy thing, looked up some different commentaries, looked up in the dictionary. What is the definition of the word thing? And, uh, and I found that, well, it, many times it depends upon how you use the word. It depends on the context. Now, I could say, uh, you see that thing over there, that piano? I could say, you see that, that thing over there, that pew? Or you see that, that clock over there? Or you see that lamp? Now, if I say, you see that thing? See that thing over there? But if I don't give it a name, that, that's probably because it's not something that you can easily define. You identify words because you know what it, what it is. But the angel Gabriel called Jesus a holy thing, and it seems to me that the reason why he did that was because what's happening and what's being formed inside of Mary is not easily defined. We're dealing with a mystery. Ultimately, we're dealing with an eternal mystery. We're dealing with something that's far beyond the ability of our little minds to handle. Our little minds, our little brains, our little understandings of life and everything that we know, this is beyond us. We're talking about a being who didn't have a dad. We're talking about a being who comes from eternity. We're talking about a being who's going to be a ruler and a king whose kingdom has no end. And here's my point. When we're talking about Jesus Christ, you know, we sometimes we think, oh, I know all about Jesus. I grew up learning about Jesus. I know this or that about Jesus. But when we talk about Jesus, brothers and sisters, we're talking about someone that we are never fully going to understand. We're talking about somebody that's beyond us, far beyond us, far beyond us. And one of these days, we're going to have a, the privilege of looking into the eyes of an eternal being who became a human 2,000 years ago, who became a human inside of the body of a woman named Mary who was not married, and we're going to have a chance to look into the eyes, the human eyes, of that person whose name is Jesus. And when we do, we're going to be, I mean, imagine looking into his eyes. You're looking into the face of an eternal, everlasting God who became a man. 
And you're going to realize, hopefully, if you're on his side, you'll realize when you look into his eyes that this being who reflects forever became a human being because he loves you. And he wanted you. And he wants to be with you forever and ever and ever. Now, you know, if you think that that's boring, then I tell you, you have a big problem. Those who think God and the Bible is boring is really a big reflection on themselves. It's not a reflection on God. God is not boring. Jesus is not boring. Those who think that, it's just really a reflection of them and how totally out to lunch they really are. And we're talking about something that is incredible. And you can be a son and a daughter of God forever. You can be with Jesus. Now, I'm almost done here. Let me kind of wind this up. What needs to happen to you and to me, verse 35 again, says, The angel answered and he said, The Holy Spirit shall come upon you. And the power of the highest shall overshadow you. And in order for us to understand any of this and to have a place with the king in his kingdom, we need to have the Holy Spirit coming into our souls, overshadowing us and helping us to understand who Jesus Christ really is. We need to have this power to come into our lives. It won't be long until Jesus returns. I was talking, I took a walk a couple days ago and I met one of our neighbors down the street from us who's building a house. And uh, we had a conversation and started talking about the Bible. He believes in the Bible and I told him what, what, what our ministry does is we focus on the book of Revelation and on the end times and, and about the second coming of Jesus. And I said, it won't be long. Because he, he, he said, and he talked about future generations, you know, all the evil that's in America. What's this going to do to future generations? And I told him, I said, uh, honestly, I don't believe there is going to be a lot of future generations in this world. I think we're in the final hours. And Jesus is going to come. And I said, it won't be long until Jesus shows up in the sky with all the angels Billions of holy angels are going to come down. And it's going to be like God turning on the light in a dark room. He's going to turn on the light and everybody's eyes are going to instantly be opened. The earth is going to shake. The mountains are going to sink. The islands are going to disappear. And the whole world is going to look up and they're going to see the God-man. They're going to see Jesus Christ himself coming down from the sky with a blaze of glory that's going to be unbelievable, incredible, that our, we can't even hardly imagine. Let me, let me wind this up. Here's a little illustration. 
You know what this is? Anybody recognize one of these? <laughs> it's, a, it's a sleep mask. And this is my sleep mask. I ordered it on Amazon. And sometimes when I travel, you know, if I'm in a room and the, the uh, blinds don't close all the way and there's, I'm in a hotel and there's too much light in the room coming from light, street lights or wherever outside, then I put on my, my sleep mask. Because I lie, I sleep better when I'm, I'm just in complete darkness. And uh, I, have a, I get a good night's sleep because I want to shut out. I want to shut out all the light. No light so I can sleep. Are you following me? When it comes to my relationship with Jesus, I don't want any mask on. And really, the choice is up to you. We have the evidence in the Bible. We have names continuing, real places, real people, real prophecies, real history. And we have the power of the Lord Jesus Christ all around us uh, changing people's lives. People's lives are being changed all the time. And it's up to you whether you will put on a mask and whether you will close your eyes to this light, the light of Jesus, or whether you will open it up and say, Lord, come in. Come into my life. Change my life and help me to get ready for your coming. That choice is up to you. Are you following me? I'll finish with verse 35 again and then verse 37. Verse 35 says, The angel answered, and he said to her, The Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. That's God's invitation, what he wants to do in your life. Therefore, also that holy thing, that's, he's indescribable, which shall be born of you, shall be called the Son of God. Verse 37 says, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Isn't that wonderful? We serve a God where there's just, you know, there's nothing impossible for him. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever problems you have, whatever uh, difficulties or barriers or struggles, your guardian angel says, don't be afraid. God loves you and there's nothing impossible for him. And he can bring you through this world and he can bring you and me, all of us, into a kingdom that has no and may we all be there together. Oh, Father, what a wonder and what a joy, what a privilege we have to be here. And thank you for Jesus. Thank you so much for the Son of God, for sending him into this world. And we pray that you will continue to turn on the light, on the lights, so they get brighter and brighter and brighter as we look more to you until we see Jesus face to face. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message by Steve Wolberg. We feel privileged to be a part of God's commission to share the gospel with the world. 
You too can be a part of our Gospel Outreach Team by supporting messages just like these with your financial gifts. We strive to be careful with every dollar that we receive, knowing these donations are sacred gifts to build up God's kingdom of grace and salvation. To find other great resources or to donate online, go to whitehorsemedia.com or you can call us at 1-800-78-BIBLE. That's 1-800-782-4253. You can follow us on Twitter at Whitehorse7 or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Wolberg. That's Steve, W-O-H-L-B-E-R-G. If you prefer to contact us by mail, write to Whitehorse Media, P.O. Box 130, Priest River, Idaho, 83856. Thanks for your support, and may God richly bless your day.